possible tonight? You came in going 100 miles an hour, 18 points. How were you able to get what you wanted? You were terrific from the field. Uh, just pretty much just being patient, taking the right ones, and just um, doing whatever I can, especially on defense. And I feel like when I'm playing hard on defense, uh, that gets me going on offense for sure. You were playing hard on defense. That was fun to watch you and Bradley Beal going head-to-head. -head. What were those conversations like out there on the court? Uh, it was just a back and forth. That's my guy, and I definitely looked up to him growing up. And also, uh, we're pretty close, so I just uh, that was pretty fun. I thought your energy off the bench tonight was infectious. Really great bench performance. Do you feel it when you're like getting the guys around you that same energy? Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like my my energy is contagious. I feel like uh, when I'm out there. When I'm pushing the ball, when I'm just playing hard on defense, I feel like it uplifts everybody else. Okay, how's the hamstring? How did it respond in this in this first game back? It felt good. It definitely felt good. I know Coach um, had a minute restriction for me tonight, but um, I did what I could when I was out there. You sure did. 18 points, terrific from the field. Thank you, Colin. Great job. Thank you. Appreciate it. Colin Sexton, yeah. Beth, after missing seven games with the hamstring, well, 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 welcome back, young bull. Uh, what a great game to watch and uh, have him be that energy off of the bench. He finishes with 18 points. Uh, let's look at his stat line. Four fouls, one turnover, zero assist. <laughs> uh, four for four from the free throw, uh, three or two for two from three-point land, and six for seven. I mean... Really, really good shooting night. Missed one shot. Super effective, but you could feel his energy um, was there the entire game and uh, really made a difference for us tonight. I, I loved the point where him and Beasley started, or not Beasley, sorry, um, Beal started going back and forth a little bit and uh, started getting after each other. And I, I, I wish that Coach would have left him in there a little bit longer because as soon as he Colin Sexton came out, uh, we put a couple different people on Bill, and it seemed like he kind of caught fire uh, or like a hot streak. Um, and even Lowry Marketing was on him, I believe. Rudy Gay stopped it one time. But, uh, yeah, with – I don't know. I, I wish that that is one thing Coach would have done this game is just allowed that competitiveness to play out to see what would have happened. I know Sexton got into him and fouled him controversial call um it, it could have been offensive could have been defensive uh either way i would have liked to continue to see those two duke it out a little bit more and and let con sexton go back at him so uh good night from the jazz it it was really close the entire game um lowry comes away with 21 clarkson comes away with 23 and malik beasley comes away with 25 so Really even shooting, uh, well, uh, scoring, uh, shooting. Clarkson takes 17 shots. Lowry takes 14, uh, but he does take nine attempts from the three-point line where Clarkson takes seven. I would really like to see Lowry get, uh, you know, I don't know, 25% more shots than Clarkson. M maybe that's a high number. Um, I would like to get see him get... A larger number he is shooting 50 percent uh in the month of december lowry is and i just think you know armani always talks about it on our podcast feed him the ball man 
looking at the stat line from the Wizards, Bradley Bill has 30, Kyle Kuzma has 21, and then Daniel Gafford uh, finishes with 13. I honestly didn't even feel that Bill was playing till like the second quarter and they kind of got a close-up of him. Um, I think that was his first game back. I'm not, I'm not positive. If you guys are in here, want to request to speak, go ahead and request. Kevin just requested. Dallin, what's up? And we've got a new, uh, unless I don't recognize, King of the North Brady NBA <laughs> has a picture of Jordan Clarkson in the Batman suit and Lowry Markinen in the Superman suit. If you can see this on YouTube, I'll try and show you up close. Go give King of the North a follow at Brady NBA. Um, we're streaming live on YouTube right now, and um, I've been messing around with settings, trying to make sure that it is right. So if you're on YouTube, drop a comment. Let me know how the stream's going. I know the picture's been freezing in and out, but I feel like I've got it dialed in now. So uh, great, great game by the Jazz. Overall, we had, let's see how many turnovers. I know that was a problem at the beginning of the game. We finished with 11. Yeah, so we had eight turnovers at halftime, and then we dialed that in and only have two more the second half. So felt like it was a bit sloppy in that first half. I wasn't too worried about it because we're playing the Wizards. <laughs> and I, I, at any point, I didn't feel like we were going to lose. But, um, yeah, it, turnovers are, are something that I feel like this team struggles with. So it's nice to see us only have two in the second half. Uh, rebounds. I want to see how we rebounded because it, it felt like we struggled a little. We had 44 total rebounds to their 41. So three. Um, I'd like to see us get more rebounds, especially with Walker getting 32 minutes tonight. He led the team in minutes, and he had 14 rebounds. So I'd like to see, you know, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's got to get more than four rebounds in my mind. I mean, that's what he what he's good at and what he's in there for. Rudy Gay only has two rebounds. Um, Lowry has only five. I feel like Lowry needs to get in there and, and board a little bit more, and that'll make a difference. Our... At one point in that second half, our defense was so bad. Oh, it was it was painful, and uh, we just gotta we've we've got to take care of those mental lapses. And I feel like we would just be such a, a more consistent and solid team. Um, one other stat I wanted to check was the assists. As far as assists go, we had 16 assists. That is not a lot on how many field goal attempts did we have? 86. How many did we make, though? 42. So 16 on 42 makes. I'd like to see that improve to around 20, and they had 20 assists. Um, really, the, the Kispert kid from Gonzaga impressed me on their team. He's a small forward from I, I believe he played with Olenek I believe and then uh yeah Taj Gibson is someone I know he's older but that's that's kind of the type of player that we need someone that will come in do the dirty work rebound and defend um he only got six points for them but I feel like he does other things at least in the past that that were really good so 
I'm going to turn the time over to the next speaker. We've got Armani has joined us. JC's drip. What is up? Um, we are live again on YouTube. Uh, Kevin, if you could check that out for me, that would be great. I'm going to go to Kevin first, though, since he requested, and then Armani will uh, will go over to you. So, Kevin, the floor is yours, man, until Coach comes on. <laughs> you know, I don't even have much to say about that game. It was just kind of a blah game for me. Plus, Armani just kind of ruined it for me with the whole... JC signed an extension. It just kind of, just kind of ruins it all for me. What do you mean? That's all. That's all. I just, they just put a sour taste in my mouth. With with them wanting to sign uh, Clarkson to an extension. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, but like do you do you think it's true? I hope not. I hope not. I mean, I was thinking about that, too, as we were watching the game, and um, I actually want to look that up right now. Um, I know. J.C. Drip, get in here. Get yeah, J.C. Drip. I know, I know you love your boy. I'm sorry. I don't mean to talk bad, but I got to be honest. Like, he's having a career season, and he's going to demand a lot of money, and I just think he's going to handicap us like – I just don't think he's going to be able to do this every year. And I think he's going to handicap us like uh, like uh, Conley is right now, where he's a great player, he's a fan favorite, he's a locker room that everybody loves, but he's just not going to play to the potential of his contract and ultimately hurt us from going out and getting other pieces we need to be successful. And it's nothing against his character. It's nothing against his game. If we can get him for the right money, I, I I hope he can retire a jazz man. I just I just think right now his dollar amount is is going to be more than than I would be willing to pay. But I mean, I was given uh, Dawson a a bunch of shit earlier for not being a, uh, a GM or a coach, and so maybe I should keep my mouth shut because uh, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm not a GM. I'm not a coach. I'm none of that stuff. So. Um, I'm probably just talking on my ass because I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, JC Drips, I just approved you. Go ahead and respond. Man, <laughs> everybody's going to have their opinion on JC, and I respect it. Um, my question to you would be, um, how much do you think he's expected at this point? How much is he expected to make, and, how, and what are you offering him? Or what would you accept him for? So with... With knowing that we got the new TV deal coming through and that there's going to be more money, I wouldn't want to do much over $18 million a year. I think he's going to be closer to 30 on the open market. I think anything, for me, I, I, I wouldn't want much more over what we're Guys, paying Sexton. I, I could probably maybe go to 20 a year. With an increase to maybe on, go upstairs. An Come increase on. to maybe two million each year after that, but I really do think you're if he went and hit the open market, you would get a team out there that's going to offer him thirty plus million a year for and probably like a a four or five year deal with an increase of probably two to three million a year because okay. the way he's playing right now, I think that that's his value. I just think that that's going to handicap us 
because I don't think he can, can, can sustain this. So right now, right now, um, this year Clarkson is making thirteen point three million, and Malik Beasley is making fifteen point five. Um, next year is Beasley's last year. He'll be on the books for sixteen, and then Clarkson will be on the books for fourteen. So out of the two players, uh, it looks like Malik Beasley is a little more expensive, but like Kevin said, Clarkson's going to probably want a pay raise. And uh, out of the two, I mean, who would you rather have? Well, first off, first off, there ain't anybody in the league that thought Beasley should have gotten the money that he got when he got, he was overpaid at the time. True. So I don't know that that's a fair comparison. But, but now, um, uh, now I, I feel they're very comparable. Um, I, I, watching the game tonight, this is my opinion, I think, Malik's a little more valuable. He doesn't seem to need the ball as much, and when he gets it, um, it it's not as much, a, not a black hole, but it just feels like he makes a little bit better decisions. But then, hang on, Sloan. On the other end, as far as stills, I mean, I think he had three stills tonight. Uh, let's see. Where are you, Malik? My kids are freaking out, guys. Hang on. He had four stills. Four stills led the team in stills, and I just feel like he is a little bit more reliable as far as if you have a guard that you need to match him up on, uh, I would go Malik Beasley over Clarkson. But Clarkson's, Clarkson, to me, is more of a clutch guy, and if he could learn to just be someone in the fourth quarter that kind of is in the background the whole game and then goes off the fourth quarter, that'd be awesome. But my kids are losing it, so I'm going to turn the mic over to you guys. I have a question. Here we go. In what range do you do you all believe that JC is at in you know in the rankings amongst NBA players? Come on. Come on. Come on. I think he's one of the top six men in the league. No, 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 no. Like top fifty, you you give us like top 20, 30, okay. 40, 50, 60, um, 70. I think I think he's forty to sixty in there. I think he's seventy five to hundred. Thank you. But let's go with the forty to sixty, right? The the fortieth highest paid player is Jaron Jackson. Do we believe that he can equate that, that he equates what Jaron Jackson gives you? Ahead of that is Gordon Hayward. That's what happened. What's our sixtieth? Sixtieth. Let's see. Sixtieth is uh, Jeremy Grant at twenty million. No, I take Jeremy Grant all day, every day over him. Eh, that's a tough comparison because Jeremy's a big man. Give me, right. give me, give me a guard Fred, around sixty. Fred VanVleet. No, I, I, I put him in the Fred VanVleet. I'm break even. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, so sixty to seventy-five. Then. Uh, yeah, see, I can go. I can go. I can go that JC is about because you know Spencer Dinwiddie's at sixty-one. Dinwiddie is better. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Michael Bridges at sixty-two. He's better. Yeah. Oh yeah. You see what I'm saying? Now Tim Hardaway. I don't know about 65. that. I don't know. I mean, Dinwiddie is never gonna put up numbers. Scoring numbers like JC, then we can maybe only. But, but, but all right, realistically, JC as many shots that he shoots, 
Milwaukee. Yeah, but if Dinwiddie has the same opportunity game. that JC has, like, yeah. yeah he, he doesn't have that same green light. You know what I'm saying? Well, he's playing with Doncic, so exactly. So he's doing he's doing the best of his abilities, and I think he's averaging like 17 and eight. I mean, I mean 17 and six. I think if JC was in that same role, the same thing would happen. So. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think I'm on CBS right now, and they rank the top 100 players. Um, we're saying 40 to 60 range. I see here, RJ Barrett 63rd. And if you ask me, I'm taking JC over RJ. I'm Barrett. taking JC over RJ. Yeah, yeah. RJ Barrett's garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's garbage. That's followed by um, Malcolm Brogdon at 62. Jalen Brogdon. Like yeah. Team defense in the second half that helped us get this win. Um, and looking forward to a, a couple days off. What did you like out of Malik's defensive performance last night? Coach is on. I thought Malik did a great job of recognizing the times to fan back out to the shooters, and it ended up getting him a couple of steals. It's something that we work on a lot and talk about a lot. Those decisions in pick and roll defense can be hard to make. You know, am I going to help? Am I going to tag the roller? Or am I going back out to the shooter? And I thought Malik, you know, tonight did a great job of getting those passing lanes, um, getting four steals, getting himself out in transition to get some easy baskets. What you think of Walker tonight, especially in the second half? You know, Walker does a lot for us defensively. He is still understanding how high on the court he can or cannot be based on who he's guarding and who the roller is. Um, so at times there are, you know, I've said to you guys before, some loud baskets, you know, lob dunk to Gafford. He gets a little bit off the line. Gafford gets a, a put-back dunk. Um, but I think in general, Walker's ability to not just block shots, but the shots that teams don't take because they see him down there helps us tremendously. Um, you know, he's, he's learning on the fly because if you're a, a dropping big and pick and roll generally you have the best scorers in the nba coming downhill at you over and over and over again you know bradley beal tonight is, is one of the best at that so he's put in a lot of tough spots and it can feel daunting at times when you're in that spot as a young player because you're playing against the best guys in the world and it can be very unforgiving um, he was such a high-level defender in college. I'm not sure how many times he was dunked on in college. I would imagine you could count him on one hand. And he seems to, in the NBA, if you're a dropping five, you get dunked on almost every night once. And I think he is learning how to, to work through those moments where, sure, it was a dunk, but it's only two points, and we're going to need you to continue to participate in the following possessions. And he's done a, a, a better job as the season's gone of moving on to the next play you know he's a self-proclaimed perfectionist and that's the way he goes about his work every day he's hard on himself in the game i've joked with you guys about how much he apologizes to me during the games um he's he's learning that the nba is unforgiving and you have to have a short memory especially when you're you know a high level defensive big is malik starting to figure out how to drive a little bit more in this offense absolutely i think Malik is recognizing the opportunities to attack off closeouts, off some of the flare screens that we run for him when teams chase him. His reputation as an elite shooter in this league um, 
makes teams guard him very tightly. It makes teams run at him very hard in closeouts. And so he's done a good job of mixing it. You know, we don't want to ever strip Malik of his um, quick trigger from the three-point line. That means that at times he takes shots that if you were to pause the film, you may say, ooh, that one was a little bit contested. But with his reputation, he's not going to get a ton of wide-open threes. So it's a mix of trying to squeeze off threes in tight windows and then also finding the opportunities to drive closeouts for himself. You know, he's gotten pretty good at that floater going right off one foot um, and also opportunities to drive, draw the defense, and kick to a teammate. There you go, uh, Coach Will Hardy, joined by Big T Thoroughman. Fire size, we'll turn the fire up. Oh, come on, Big T. <laughs> they got a fake, fake fireplace on the background. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, I missed your guys' debate on Clarkson. I, I believe you were ranking him. Um, someone said Malcolm Brogdon. I, I would take Malcolm Brogdon over JC in a heartbeat. I think we figured that he's closer to 75 league-wide okay so he shouldn't be getting paid anywhere in the 30 he should be he should be asking for no more than 20 if he's asking for anything over 20 there's a huge issue issue well and you got to wonder what the contract extensions are uh how long it would be for and and how much money um you would think that he he wouldn't want less and i i don't think the league would pay him less to be honest than what he's on now no, I think the league is not paying him less than that. Because he's at 14, I think. Like 13 or 14, around that range. So, yeah, no. I mean, you got to look at the stats and stuff that he's putting up compared to he, other players. Well, that his stats have. that he's putting up in comparison is not going to boost him into making 30. 30. No, no, I, said, I think 20 to 25 is probably a really I fair. I think 25 was a push. 25 a year? 25 years kind of push oh man other people who's making 25 yeah, but somebody's but... gonna offer him 30 you know it yeah you know someone's gonna offer him 30 25 is reasonable I mean you've got you've got somebody what a what's Malcolm on right now do you guys know years old you can't right, you gotta, right. you gotta yeah yeah right we, we're using the context of what, we, what we're speaking on right now, what he's getting paid now to what he could be getting paid so furthermore Jalen Brunson is getting paid 27 that's a new contract. Yeah. Uh, Brunson is right. definitely better than JC. I'm also taking into account um, him going into free agency at the end of not this season, but the following season after the TV deal hits. I'm not like if he was to go into free agency right now, it'd be different, but he can't be a free agent for another year and a half. Yeah, somebody tweeted so, out. So this. is JC a player that y'all would like to hold on to? Uh, depends. I like looking at Malcolm Brogdon's right. Man. Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon yeah, right now he, is getting paid twenty one. Back if he's a if he's a six man at this point. If he going from what you know the position that he's at right now, what, do you think he can mentally take going back to being a six man? Yeah, I think I actually think he would perform better in my opinion. So Malcolm Brogdon is coming off the bench, getting paid twenty one million average a year. Yeah, this is the. Yeah, this is the last year of his contract, though. So he signed his contract in 2019. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if we could get Jordan for below 25, that'd be I, I would be willing to keep him. And because I think him and Malik Beasley paired 
with uh, Lowry and uh, Kessler, I think that's something that you could probably build around. And he would be. This, this is why this whole thing makes me so sick. Sick. Is this, why stomach. are we talking? This is why are we talking about it now? I just don't understand why we're engaged in these talks right, right now. Like we still have another year. After yeah. this year, well, yeah, it's probably Jordan's Jordan's agents wanting the, wanting the Jazz kind of pushing the envelope, saying, "Look, uh, if you want me around, sign me. If not, send me send me away." Because honestly, Jordan's been frustrated to me. Uh, it, it feels like more this year than ever before in Utah, and so. Uh, instead of coming out publicly and saying, hey, I want to trade, it might be something in the back, uh, you know, in the background working where it's like, look, I, I want to be here if you pay me this, but if you're not going to pay me this, then I want to go somewhere else. Because let's, let's face it, it all comes down to the money. It, Jordan loves Utah, but it's still gonna, he's still going to go where he gets paid the most. And he may be just doing us a solid by doing it that, that way. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. So... Um, the Jazz go, let's see, we go off to San Antonio Spurs. Um, we win this one handily and get our bench, bench players in. What do you think it's going to take for us to pull off these next three games? Because honestly, we, with Clay, or uh, not Clay Thompson, Steph Curry out, uh, Spurs aren't very good, and then who's after that? I, I feel like we can pull off these next three and go on a 4-0 streak. What it's going to take is guard play. It's just going to take you know our guards coming in as a unit and just and just performing at a steady level. You know, maybe like three or four of those guards scoring all we around need, fifteen. All we need to win. All we need to do to win the next three games is just keep JC under fifteen shots a game, and we good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just joking. I'm just Lowry joking. Over but but seriously, if JC could come, like that's what I see his role is, just kind of be a guy, almost like Mitchell was, uh, get everyone else involved the first three quarters, and then if we need you in the fourth, you know, hit a few shots here and there. But then that's when JC is most valuable, is in the clutch when you really really need a bucket. I actually feel like he's a better shooter for some reason with people in his face and off balance and win the games on the line. So I, I don't think we're going to win in Sacramento, though. Oh, that's the last one. Well. Huh? Ooh, you don't think we can yeah. beat Sacramento? Not in Sacramento. I think we can beat them. I feel like we can beat them. I feel like it's a, I feel like that's a, a straight-on game. I think that's just whoever plays harder that night. I think in Salt Lake we can beat them. I don't know about Sacramento. I think Golden State's a tougher game, honestly. No, 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 not without stuff. No, yeah. If Andrew, if Andrew Wiggins, if Andrew Wiggins is playing that game, then I can be a little bit more, you know, if you're in that game. But if Wiggins is not playing, I, I'm pretty sure we could beat them. He's supposed to be back after Christmas. Yeah, they've been so struggling without Steph. I mean, but they've been without Steph and Andrew Wiggins, so I don't think. I mean, Steph is obviously the best player, but you're missing your top two players. They're going to struggle. Yeah, I mean, and, and of all the teams we played in the last month, they we struggled against them. Def their defense made us struggle the most. Like their defense really just put it to us. Like they know how to play us well. 
Sacramento took the lake, took it to the Oh, yeah, Lakers because they've been night. playing switch defense since, well, they, yeah, they was really the, 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 the focal point of the league um, going to the um, switch defense. So they have that down locked, that, at least the core. And, you know, it's egged on, and they, they really have a, a large understanding of the principles that they that they want to do in that situation. So playing against somebody like us where we use a lot of off-ball actions and stuff like that, yeah, we're going to get stuck against them because we don't have a guy who's going to go get an ISO bucket. Besides Clarkson, um, you know, from the top, I'm talking about an ISO bucket from the top, maybe a Clarkson or a Colin Sexton, but other than that, nobody's really going to go get us a, a bucket from the top of the key and just... And just um, Killing them. Let's just call it Mr. 30 Mill. Yeah, we're, we're not getting all those open, crazy. Yeah. We're not getting all those open three looks like we do most games against them. Um, so it, I think they're a tough matchup for us. I mean, I definitely do think we win, but I, I do think they're one of our tougher matchups. I, I, if uh, Wiggins doesn't play, I think it's an easy win. If he does play, I think they're a tough game. I, I, I don't. I don't think either times that we played them, we've been fully healthy either. So, I think that I think there's some something to be said about you know the whole how the whole puzzle fits for this team uh, being healthy, especially because I kind of and I think this came out with you know Colin Sexton Paint being back and Malik Beasley. Our starting lineup is very mediocre. Where we make a difference on this team is when we're when it's when it's the bench. So I think that's what's Something, what's going to be key to this team being able to be successful against any team is to be fully healthy. And of course, you know, that's that's playing the averages and numbers and all that stuff. But if this team is healthy, they can compete and beat anybody. If they're missing, if they're missing key top six players, we're going to have a problem on any given night. And I think we've seen that all year. Yeah, yeah we, if, if Kelly O's back by Sacramento game, I give us a chance. That's what I was going to yeah. say, too. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. So I want to get to a comment real quick because uh, because I want to. <laughs> King of the North says, Jasketball, let's go. Don't forget to vote for NBA All-Star. So uh, if you're watching this, I want to plug it in. Go vote for Lowry. He's the one guy that deserves to be on this All-Star team. You can vote, I've heard, five times a day. And uh, I believe on Christmas... I, I took a screenshot of it. I'll have to get it back out to you guys. Certain days, it, your votes count as triple. So uh, as Jazz fans, I think it's our responsibility to get Lowry in this thing, especially with it being in Salt Lake City. We've got... You know Lowry's in regardless if you vote or not, right? He's the commissioner's pick. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I still think we should vote and have him above LeBron. Uh, so we've got a few other new listeners in here. Uh, King of the North, I just shouted you out. If you if you want to get on and debate with us uh, vocally or verbally, go ahead and request. We've also got Delusional Jazz, at Jazz Delusional. Welcome. Uh, I think I've seen you in here before, but I can't remember. It's funny because a lot of people have like the same profile pictures. And so sometimes they, they run together. Yeah, We've, King of the North's been in here before. Yeah, and then yeah. That, that one of Clarkson squaring up, so many people have that. Um, Jazzfan979811, welcome. And then our last one is, I, I don't know if this is like a... I think he's from Finland. A show? Yeah, I, is this like a, a TV show reference with the guy that's dressed like a mummy with bandages and then he's got the sunglasses and hat on? 
Anybody know? Maybe it's a, a Finnish thing. Anyways, Bally Ben uh, at V V U L A H R I V F J A R dot dot dot. That is one long handle, bro. <laughs> uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. So it looks like uh, looking at the standings right now on NBA.com, we are. Is this updated? Yes, we are a half a game behind Sacramento. So be really fun uh, by the time we get to Sacramento in a couple games to be tied or or have it be a close, important game that would move us up in the standings. Uh, as far as first place, we're only we're only two and a half games out of first place behind Denver. Going the other way, though, oh, it pops up on the screen. NBA All Star voting. Come on, vote. Hey, Kevin, did you check the stream on YouTube? I'm wondering if it's working or not. I mean, I know it's streaming, but I'm wondering if the, the screen keeps freezing up or not. And then on the other end, we are three games out of 11th place. So still, still super tight as far as it goes in the West. Uh, these guys just beat the Phoenix Suns the other night. Um, the Washington Wizards, and it just seems like teams get hot and then all of a sudden, you know, they have unexpected losses. And even the Boston Celtics in the East, like that, they've finally cooled off. They're a half a game out of first. Milwaukee's taken the first place game. Cleveland beat Milwaukee Bucks the other night. Um, what, what do you guys think as far as the top six in the Western Conference go. I know we kind of did this before, but Kawhi's healthy now too, and I, I definitely see the Clippers in the top yeah, top six. Three. Yeah. I, I I think Phoenix is falling apart, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In what ways? I think there's some internal issues. You, with Phoenix, yeah. they had, uh, man, him and Monty Willick, uh, you know, Aiden and Monty, like, yeah, they're man. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Is Phoenix somebody that we'd make a trade with? I know that I saw this might have been a rumor that uh, the Wizards offered Hachimura for Jay Crowder and they turned it down. Like, what? If, if that was real, why would you turn that down? Maybe because uh, Washington was asking for picks. I don't know. I don't know the whole story behind it. Would you guys want Aiton on this team? What and what would you trade for him? No, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, yeah. we desperately need rebounding. Are we going to let him stunt the growth of Kessler and put him in a starting and put Kessler on the bench? Yeah, yeah. No, Aiton makes thirty million. I think Kessler may be better than Aiton in the long run. Oh, I, I, I definitely think Kessler's better. But I'm just I mean, saying. If I'm going to go get a big man, I'd rather have Wiseman than Aiden. Wiseman put up 30 points the other night for the for the the uh, Warriors. Santa Cruz. Yeah. I think I would I would go with Wiseman too. The other thought I had is why don't we just stand still and and not make any trades until we get our draft picks. Until you get what? Until That's probably what's going to happen. Until the draft next year. Because that would be a waste of some of the momentum we have right now with some of our players. 
I think that's going to depend on what happens in you know between now and the, the trade deadline because Utah has the easiest schedule the rest of the season. So it's probably going to depend on if they're able. I, I mean, I'm thinking that if they're if they're in earshot. I mean, they're in earshot now, but if they're like the first or second seed, come you know mid January or not mid January, but we'll say like late January. I mean. I mean that's that's kind of like a tough decision. Like you're yeah. right there competing, and you don't want to get better. Do you do? Do you really think though that we we are like NBA like second third round competing team? I, I don't I don't I don't think it, I think everybody is trying to utilize past experience or using history, and this team and. The NBA right now is so jumbled. Like, there's, like, to me, you know, we're yeah, happy. Obviously, we got we got canned by, uh, you know, Milwaukee. and But Milwaukee was going to kill anybody on that day. They got blown out by 40 yeah. by Memphis. Like, there's no off day. Even you can go to Detroit and screw up. Orlando, <laughs> you know, went on a, a, a six-game winning streak. Like, it's the NBA is wide open. It's going to come down to, to health. And you know, it's it's wide open in the regular season, but is it wide open in the playoffs? Who, who I mean, who knows? I, I mean, this season. When you look at Golden State, you can see why they're not as good this year. Like, they, they gave up the two people that were the problem for every team that they that they played against. You know, Milwaukee and Boston, they're going to be that. Brooklyn, Brooklyn right now, to me, is playing like the best team in the NBA. I mean, they, they just... They on a hold. It's like everything's coming together, but in the Western Conference, what has Denver, Memphis, or New Orleans, or, or Phoenix done to prove that Utah can't out-execute them and beat them? If they if they get a trade to get, you know, one or two, you know, they got a bunch of picks. Who's to say that they can't go out and get two pieces that can help them put them over that questionable stage that we're in? None of those teams, except for the Clippers, are proven. That are in that top ten. No, no, and, yeah. and, and I hear and I hear what you're saying, and it makes perfect sense to me. But I mean, I watched a Utah team go number one in the league and then get run out of the playoffs. That's the that's the coach. I ain't blaming them. That coach. And, I don't even want to get on that. <laughs> but but then on the flip side, yeah, the problem is is if we go out and we get a couple pieces, like where does that put us in two years? Because we're getting pieces to put with players that aren't potentially going to be here in two years. So now, are we in another rebuild in two years? Are we just in delaying the inevitable? Yeah, but I, I think it's I, I think it's it, it. What he's saying is it's so close right now. The West, we can beat any of these teams. Denver Nuggets, we can compete with. Memphis, we've beaten twice. New Orleans, we've swept. Phoenix, Sacramento. I mean, these are all teams ahead of us. I think. None of them are solid favorites. Maybe the the closest one would be Clippers because of Kawhi Leonard. But if he goes down, they're back to being crap. So the point is, is like if you're really this close and and the league is is this close right now, why not go for it this year if you could get the correct pieces? Because 
I mean, if you make it to the finals. So what do we what do we have to give up to get those correct pieces? I, I don't know. I don't think nobody knows. I mean, we we're halfway through all the fifteen picks. I mean, what if what if I mean we have fifteen first round picks? I mean, we're not saying that you got to give up all of the future. I mean, you can you can do a little bit of tweaking so, and so, move, you know. So, so we give up four first round picks, right? And yeah, twenty seven in the second round. Let's do it. We give up four first-round picks to lose in the second round. What like, if they're like, 27 or later? Though? So we're getting we into the second round and losing the second round with what we got. Obviously. So, so, no, even better, even better. We give up four first-round picks to lose in the Western Conference Finals. Was it worth it? Yes. I think if you make yes. it the Western Conference, Conference Finals, yeah, it's worth it. And I think get, because for a move away being that because you're gonna what? you're gonna improve right. if if you get to the Western Conference Finals you're gonna improve the next year with the same squad with, with, with what with what the a, same squad Conley Clarkson yeah Beasley more times aren't even gonna be on the team next year yeah because that, then that adds veteran experience like we've we've sat here and talked about how this team's nothing without Mike Conley so. I know that he's getting older, but dude, he he's he looks better than a lot of old players. Like, and he doesn't play so reckless that his body's just going to break down. I mean, he's a floor general out there, and there's not very many players like him left that that orchestrate an offense like him. I don't think Lowry's been to the playoffs. So. Why are we acting like the Western Conference Finals is some unadulterated failure? I mean, it's if not. We it the, if we make it to the Western Conference, if you're the final four teams, that's where everybody wants to be. Yeah, right? and then and then if you, if, especially with the trajectory, if we made it to the Western Conference Finals, made one move, yeah. and we still got a bunch of picks. Danny Ainge is going to get a lot more free agents knocking at that door than for sure what would normally happen. So yeah, hell yeah, for four picks. You know what? You know who is so juicy to me right now that I just really want to pull the trigger on is Jay Crowder. Like, no, let's I get Trey Young and John Collins, dude. Let's do it. I'm ready. Who said that? Who said that? Who me. said Trey Young and Jake? Oh, hold on, I can't. Yeah. I, I don't got the thing. Trey Young, Dallin, Dallin said yeah. that. That's been yeah. a secret wish of mine, man. A, it's a secret. <laughs> wish, man. Who I said think we that? Would, oh. We would get to the Western Conference Finals. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> Figure it out, Danny, man. I'd be okay with that. I'm I'm getting for it. If if we're gonna go if we're gonna go to the West Coast Finals, let's just do it. Let's go get them. If we're not gonna do that, then let's take. Let's not play this middle ground. I'm sick of this middle ground. I love how every podcast we get on, we basically go back and forth talking about the same thing, but we literally don't know what the Jazz should do right now. I think that's what's driving most Jazz fans crazy is is do Absolutely. you know do we make a trade right now like you can see that we can be good and potentially compete to go to the Western Conference Finals or be Hey guys if you've li- if you've listened this far we had some audio issues tonight we went for about another 20 minutes But um, I just wanted to wish you guys a Merry Christmas because there's not going to be a game until after Christmas. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in to Jasketball Podcast, Uh, whether you're listening on YouTube or Twitter or whatever podcast platform you're on. 
Um, we're really beginning to grow and it's fun. If you guys ever want to hop on to Twitter to join this conversation, uh, it seems like we keep getting new people. So go jazz. Great win tonight and, uh, have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everyone and to all good night.